So I'm going to say it now and at the end, this is the last one. Uh, my guess is two of you will be here next Thursday by yourselves. Uh, it always happens, and I'll be out there making fun of you uh, if you come through. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I won't unlock the door. I'll be making fun of you through the door, so yeah. But anyway, this is the last one. We start up again on January 14th. We'll be continuing in Colossians. We'll get you a notification uh, about that. And today we're finally getting into Colossians chapter 2. Um, and some of your e emails and texts back were hilarious recently. Are we ever going to get out of chapter 1? Uh, which is absolutely a riot. And as we look at it, remember it's Paul. Paul's in prison. And he's, he's, he's such an interesting man because when he's asking them to do stuff, he's not asking them to get him out of prison. And he's in prison with crazy Nero, the most crazy of all the Caesars. And he's going to be executed. And his desire is, okay, my desire was to share the, get out there and share and get out there and debate. I'm a debater. And debate the Greeks, they love to debate. And all of a sudden he's in prison, so he can't. So my desire is to send these little letters. And then, can I just say, he goes blind. And he can't even write the letters anymore. And he has to say at the end, this end is in my signature. He goes blind, and Timothy and others are taking the dictation. Here's the fun thing. He wanted to do whatever he could. He can't possibly imagine he would end up writing half the New Testament just with these little letters and be game changers. And he begins now, chapter 2, with, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who I've who have never met who have never met me personally i have agonized and i'm agonizing for you because i'm being told what's going on going on there are judaizers going from city to city and the judaizers are jews who are furious that all of a sudden jews are worshiping with gentiles and barbarians and slaves and free they're furious and they're trying to get everybody back look we have religious exercises we go through we check them off we have our religious exercises and, and our festivals or our pageants or whatever it is. And you can't, that's it. That's why we're here. And he's saying, no, no. And they didn't, it's, it's so interesting. They, of all people, should have gotten it. They should have gotten that it's not about a religious community. It's about where we've been pointing. And we've been pointing since the book of Genesis to blood. We talked about this. To blood, your book. Blood. We've been pointing to blood. And all of a sudden, the Passover lamb on Passover, and you guys completely miss it, and you're showing up protesting, causing problems. Yeah, they, they didn't realize it's complete. We don't have to do the festivals anymore. We don't have to take a little lamb to Passover anymore. It's complete. And it's complete in the blood of Christ. This whole thing and i think they're also mad that you're following these nobodies we're the pharisees we're somebody's we know it all you, and, and it was all started by this bunch of nobodies this legitimate illegitimate son of a carpenter from nazareth are you kidding we know his background and this this ridiculous fisherman with no education and help me here a tax collector is in your group named matthew they didn't understand forgiveness. We need to understand forgiveness. I'm forgiven. Completely forgiven. Yeah, and the thing that really had to irk him, Paul? Yeah, he was once one of us, but he totally walked away. No, he didn't walk away. He walked to the answer. This was an issue of superiority. And, and Christ 
brought them Jew, Gentile, men, women, barbarians, slaves, everybody together for one thing, Jesus, it. Not a form of worship. Not whether we have a choir or a praise team. I'm so tired of ha having that question. I just want to go where there's a choir. How come there's no choirs anymore? Who cares? You're not going to the store to get the right size clothes. You've, you've become a consumer. Be a worshiper. It says in Galatians 3.23, Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the, until the coming faith would be revealed. And this is from the Pharisee of Pharisees writing this. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now, that faith has come. We're no longer under a guardian, you Pharisees. Don't say that, I added that. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Don't you get that? You guys want to keep going back to Abraham? Go for it. It started, it launched through Abraham. No, but it was settled in Christ. Settled in Christ. I can hear the Judaizers screaming, trying to destroy letters like this. God's plan has always been since the beginning that he would one day put on skin and his blood would pay for all our sins, the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb. What happens is all the rituals they were doing were signposts pointing to Christ's coming. They made all the rituals a destination. No, this is the way we do it. This is the way we've always done it. This is the way we have to do it. No, all the rituals, all the events were pointing. They weren't what you go for. What you go for. I can't tell you how many people uh, this week alone, where should I go to church? I'm, I'm not going back to my church. Where should I go to church? And I said, well, tell me where you live. And they tell me where you live. And, and I said, well, let me tell you, you're right up by Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And I had one lady say to me, I, I'm a Baptist. I don't think I can go to a Presbyterian church. And she didn't, she didn't get good stuff from me on that one. And, uh, and I love this. She's a friend of Rosemary's. And I, I said, all you want is the gospel. All you want is the gospel. And that boy, Coleridge, preaches the gospel. All you want is the gospel. We'll, we'll argue till heaven over sprinkling or immersion. Yes, you know, I, for me, it's immersion. That's what's in the Bible. But all you want is the gospel. Period. End of story. That's what you want, is the gospel. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Me, a Jew. Here's the advantage of them meeting me personally. Do you realize I was the Pharisee of Pharisees? And I, I, I realized I was so wrong. And I, let me show you something I wrote in one of my letters. I was the chiefest of sinners. Why, why would I say chiefest of sinners? I know me. I know what goes through here, yike. I know what every now and then almost comes out of here, yike. Yeah, there will always be those who will try to confuse us. They are used by evil to discourage our walk. Pray for yourself and others. My job is to pray for me and pray for others. Pray for myself and others. So the question you have to answer for yourself, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? 
Is there anything in addition to Jesus I need? Jesus and. Is Jesus enough? He's absolutely, ridiculously more than enough. Letter A, enough to save me from myself and my sinful ways. Yes. 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 Letter B, enough to take care of me. Enough to take care of me. Enough to take care of me. And especially in times like this. And in times like this where, and, and especially in a ministry like this, when our inclination is to keep it all. Well, we're going to be okay financially. And then we got, I have a single mom who can't make her rent payment, and a single mom who can't make her rent payment. A single mom, and the inclination is, yeah, but, and if we keep it, we're supposed to be an open pipeline. We keep it, why would he give it anymore? I'll find someplace else. I'll find someplace else. It, it, can he take care of me? Oh my goodness, take care of me. It's ridiculous how he's taking care of me. Ridiculous. I think I've told you this story before, but I've told you all my stories 10 times, so it doesn't matter. Um, when we were here for the first several years, and uh, we just didn't have any money, there were four employees, and the budget was just a hair under $50,000 a year. I was making nine, five or nine, seven. Uh, Rosemary was a public school teacher making 18. And I, uh, I, my car was a disaster, a disaster. And Bill Kelly, we were talking about this before, the, before Bill Kelly, you have to be my age to remember Bill Kelly Chevrolet. Bill Kelly was on the board, and he was, Bill Kelly, I love this guy, loves Jesus, and just very vocal. Uh, his commercials for Bill Kelly Chevrolet were a riot. And so he said, can you have lunch with me today? And I said, yeah, I think I can. He said, will that car even make it? And I said, uh, yeah, I, I think it will. And uh, I go down to lunch, and we go out to eat, and we're going out to eat, and, and he wanted to drive. He said, I'm not getting in that car. Come in this car. And I get in a, uh, in a brand-new Chevy Cavalier, and we get out when it's done, and he hands me the keys. This is for you. Thank you. This is for you. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you got this car for three years or 70,000 miles, whichever comes first, and bring it back. He did that eight times. And... I'm with a pastor uh, who used to be at Bethany Presbyterian Church, David Todd, and I looked at David's car. I said, you got a, che a Kelly Chevrolet? He said, so do you. I said, are you leasing it? And he said, no, he gave it to me. He said he's done that with 24 people in the ministry here in South Florida. Wow. He got it. Can, enough to take care of me? Yeah. Letter C, enough for me to be absolutely sure I'm going to heaven. Absolutely, positively, completely sure I'm going to heaven. Absolutely sure. The next verse there says, I want to be, I want them, I want them to be encouraged. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand, they understand God's mysterious plan which is Christ himself, which is Christ. So there's three things in, in that verse. I want them to be encouraged, not by me, by the reality of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ. He's got you. He's got your kids. He's got you. I, I want, I want, he's got your grandchildren. He's got you. He's got you. And I, honestly, you don't need to say anything other to your grandchildren than to wear that T-shirt. Pretty done right there with that T-shirt. Yeah. Bottom line here, I want, I want them to be encouraged. Encouraged. 
not only do I know him, he wants me to call him Father when I pray. Jesus, how do we pray? Well, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. You, you want me to call creator of the universe Father? And you know what's interesting? Some translations translate that Father word, Abba. And Abba can be translated Dada. And it's such a picture of a little one coming to Dada, just wanting to be carried. I'm not coming with my list. I know you got me. Come like a little child to him. Yeah, I want, to be, I want you to be encouraged. This is a guy who you have to wonder. Paul, I want to ask you something. Can we go for a walk in heaven? When you were in prison knowing any minute you could be executed, when you were in prison and the Roman prisons didn't feed you, didn't give you any food, clothing, water, people had to bring it to the prison, was there ever a time when you got discouraged? Was there ever a time when you just, how, how much longer? How much longer, Lord? And I guess I want to ask why. I don't think so. I think that's what makes him great. You know, when it was raining, post-election, then we get a rainstorm, and then I'm thinking the locusts are coming next, and, and, and then the next plague and the next plague. And I, I, I'm sitting in a chair, and Rosemary said, are you okay? I said, no, I'm a little discouraged. And then I heard about First Baptist. I said, I'm just a little discouraged. And she said, Bob, no water came in the house. And I'm so stupid. I said, yet. <laughs> yet. And no water ever came in the house. I, I'm amazed it doesn't do more damage to my body. Yeah, I, I want them to be encouraged by this one thing. I want them to be encouraged, and not just encouraged, but knit together by strong ties of love. And you know, I don't know how to knit. Charlie does a lot of knitting. I don't know how to knit. But you can't see the original threads here. They're all, they're all together. Knit together so tightly as, as the church. The church is in a building, it's the gathering knit together that you can't see an individual anymore. They're just serving. How do we serve? How do we serve? Yeah, there's a, there's a call to ministry here. Regardless of our circumstances, we are to find encouragement in whose we are. Then we are called to encourage others as Paul is doing here. I, I just can't imagine him not being discouraged, but I don't see it. And to be honest with you, my hero, Joseph, in Genesis 37 through 50, Joseph refuses to sleep with Potiphar's wife, and she accuses him of attempted rape. Total, total lie. And you know he's not going to be punished for it, because it's a lie, Lord. You're going to take care of him, right? And Joseph ends up going to prison. Now, if Potiphar, who owned Joseph, thought for a minute that Joseph tried to um, rape his wife, he'd, he'd have been beheaded instantly. But Potiphar had to save face, in, in my opinion, and put him in prison. And so he puts him in prison, and Joseph, like 11 years, a slave in Potiphar's household, 11 years with this woman saying, come to bed with me, because it says in Genesis 39, day after day she approached him, and I'm a, I don't want to plant a visual in your head, but we believe that Egypt was topless at that time. The men didn't wear anything, the women didn't wear anything. Uh, gouge my eyes out. I mean, how do you do that? And he, do, he doesn't, and then accuse, and then go, what does he do? He starts helping people in prison. And he helps people so much that the, that the warden of the prison makes him in charge of the whole prison. He takes the focus off of him. How can I help you? How can I help you? And I love the day the two guys come and, and we understand you can interpret dreams. And he says, no, I can't, but maybe God will tell me your dream. And the first one comes, 
and says, uh, I, I had a dream, blah, blah, blah. And Joseph says, I know what that means. You're going to be released in three days. Please remember me when you're released, which I think that was a little bit of a slide. He still remembers you. So, and then the next one comes, and I think the prison lines up now. I want my dreams done. Next one comes and says, and Joseph says, I know what that means. It means in three days you're going to be impaled on a pole. I think everybody goes back to their cell now. Thank you very much. I don't want to know any dreams anymore. <laughs> and sure enough, three days, prisoner of the prime minister, prime minister, that's ethnically impossible. A Jew in Egypt, prime minister, prime minister of the greatest country in that known world at that time, he's got us. He's got us, and in this knit together, it's important that we encourage each other and lift each other up. Yeah, but it's not just I want them to be encouraged. I also knit together, and the church is a place where each person should be serving each person to such an extent that individuality vanishes and Christ's love glows. Why are you doing that? Because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done for me. We are serving each other as our way of serving Christ. Why'd you do that for me? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't really do it for you. I did it for him, but you gave me the opportunity. You were the, you were the envelope I could send this serving to, to Jesus. We're here to serve. We're here to serve. And I think that the, the whole thing about this whole Christ thing is, do you realize who you get to serve? In John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, capital W. In the beginning, the Word already, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember, it's all capital W here. He existed from the beginning with God. He created everything through, through Him, and nothing existed except through Him, meaning the Word. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And if you skip down to verse 14 so you don't miss what we're talking about here, so the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. He should have walked in the room and punished us in this room called earth. He didn't. He adores us. And he couldn't imagine heaven without us. And there was only one way to go, the Passover lamb who came on Passover. Yeah, the second half of that second verse, I want them, meaning you, Bob, to have complete confidence that they, meaning you, Bob, understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. He was announcing Christ in Genesis all the way through the blood sacrifices, all the way through. And then, unbelievably, Passover. When they're coming in to sacrifice lambs, he is sacrificed. And I, I, I don't know how it didn't break his heart that they weren't all going, oh, I get it. Because he loved him so much, he didn't blow him off and have another flood. Although we're getting close, but have another flood. Bottom line, he came back and walked into the upper room. Bottom line, the two that were discouraged walking away, uh, he caught up to them on the road. He wants us to know. Bottom line, I think, I personally think there's something every day in your life that reveals Jesus in front of you. And that two years ago, that was the word uh, for all the staff. <clears throat> Be a noticer this week, so you have something to say at staff devotions on Monday. Be a noticer. Notice where you saw the hand of God. It could be little silly things. But I think he reveals himself every day, one way or another, in our lives. We just get so yow and miss it. And as I notice, my job then is to serve, starting with my wife, and then my kids, and then I, the church. 
serving and serving because I know, I get it. I want you to know, I want you to have complete confidence in this mystery, Bob. Blood all the way. When I have complete confidence in who Christ is and what he did, I will live boldly, give boldly, and serve humbly. And serve humbly. You know the story of the mentally challenged, he's probably 40 years old, functions like, uh, like a six-year-old uh, is, is the cart guy at uh, Publix. And I'm watching this lady, he's pushing the cart out to her car, and she pops the hood, she gets in the car, and she lets him put all the groceries in the, in the trunk and closes the trunk, and he goes over, and she closes the door and doesn't say thank you. And I'm, I'm not in a good place. And so I go up to him, and I say, I am so sorry she didn't say thank you. And he says, that's okay, servant. She may, maybe she, does, she doesn't know thank you. I thought, this guy's a genius. This guy's a genius. Maybe she doesn't know thank you. Oh, serve humbly. Verse, verse 3, in him hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But here's the deal about treasures. You've got to dig them up. You know, one time I thought, wouldn't it be nice if you come to Christ and you got, got it all instantly? You get it all. But then I would never, ever, ever have to learn to dig and learn to dig and learn to dig. You know, getting married was, was really easy, being married. Uh, for the first, uh, oh, we were speaking at a university campus to engaged and seriously dating called Baylor University, Rosemary and I, and there was a Q&A for the student body afterwards, and one little girl asked, um, what was the first year of marriage like for you? And I'm so stupid. I answered first. And I said, well, the first year was some challenges, and we had to figured out and and then they're all looking at rosemary and she says <clears throat> i would say the first 10 many times there were nightmares <laughs> and the place burst out laughing and she burst out laughing and we're on the plane back and i said that wasn't totally a joke was it she says no it wasn't totally a joke <laughs> it, it's the adjustment i wasn't listening i wasn't listening i mean i thought we got married for sex i wasn't listening learning getting uh, and then realizing after about six months, we couldn't be more opposite. What were you doing? Is this punishment for what I did in high school? And you know, to me, on time is 15 minutes early. Her, her on time is if you get there. And, and you're, she, has, she actually likes people, so she has to talk to everybody. Rosemary, we gotta get in there. Has to talk to everybody. And she says, Bob, we get there and we stand around for 15 minutes anyway. And it's just so many hilarious things. I'm a night person, she's a morning person. No, backwards. I'm a morning person, she's a night person, and I remember lying in bed in the first year, and uh, she's talking to me while I'm lying in bed, and she said, you're not falling asleep, are you? And I, and I can't believe this came out of my mouth. Rosemary, going to bed means one of two things. One is sleeping, and you know what I think the other one is. And she starts laughing, and I realize we are so, I, I know you gave her to me to sand me down. 
because there's a lot of rough, a lot of rough. Yeah. We are challenged to dig deep into the Word of God and learn to listen to God, learn to listen to God. I won't grow if I let someone else, a pastor, do all the digging for me and show me the treasure he found. I got to do the digging. I got to, let me tell you, if you don't know where to dig, then we've got eight weeks till we meet again. Keep digging in Colossians. Just keep looking, coming up with thoughts. That would be awesome. Verse 4 goes on to say, I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Or, again, for me, I, they, won't, they wouldn't deceive me one-on-one, well-crafted arguments. But alone in a car and looking around, and all of a sudden the evil one prowls like a roaring lion, the great discourager. And we can get discouraged very easily. Are we going to be okay? What's the next four years going to be like? What? How much more we get out here? Yeah, the great discourager. In verse 5. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. I should never be surprised when I'm under an attack. You're the attack. The evil one is going to attack, especially pastors. There is no marriage on the planet that's more attacked than a pastor. A pastor goes down, a whole church is is devastated. Yeah. Number seven. Our faith will always be attacked. Our faith will always be attacked. It will always be attacked. Letter A, you should expect it. And honestly, if my faith's not attacked, if the evil one doesn't think I'm worth attacking because I don't do anything of value anyway, that's not a good sign. Yeah. You should prepare for it. And prepare for it is this, before you go out the door, spend some time with us. This. And find your way. I, I finally realized this. What we're doing here is my devotions in the morning. I finally realized for me, this isn't everybody. Reading it won't work. I got to cut and paste, make the scripture bold, and I got to be on a, on a device, iPad or computer. I've got to, I'm a tactile learner. I've got to actually write thoughts in there. And, and then I got it. Um, I, hearing it, it's like somebody tells me their name. I, I forgot before they blink. I, I got to, yeah. You should prepare for it. We should develop our relationship with Christ. You develop it by living faithfully, by risking. Risking speaking up. Ris- risking, risking, risking. Just by risking for his his glory, and only to discover it's not a risk. We should exercise our faith in Christ by loving one another. It was very interesting, and I parked there longer than I meant to uh, Tuesday morning at, in men's Bible study in Fort Lauderdale. About loving, it's really easy to love somebody you agree with. That's that's easy. To forgive somebody who you don't agree with, or better yet, to forgive somebody who's never asked for forgiveness. Jesus forgave me before I asked. The real test of whose I am. Do I forgive before they even ask? Forgive. Forgive. Don't carry it. Forgiving is letting the captive free only to realize the captive was me. Forgive. 